Thank you for joining us today on our Eastside Church podcast. Today, Pastor Alex Barefoot will bring our message. Let's listen in. James chapter 3. Now, let me just give you something this morning that I think the Lord wants me to start with. First of all, coming out of Ezekiel, we think about James and what James is writing. Remember context, and that is James is the brother of Jesus who at first didn't believe, and now he's a believer after the resurrection. Now he's writing to the church, and he's writing a letter. It's not broken down in chapter and verse. It's just a letter to the church, and he is addressing the fact that as a believer, if you have faith in Jesus, then, then you will begin to, to take on the characteristics of Jesus. He's saying there will be fruit in your life, there will be works in your life, not that you're doing, but, but that the grace of God is doing in and through you that are going to be evidence that you believe. There's not going to be a separation of those two things. There is an inclusion. They're inseparable. They're like one thing. That's what he's saying. He says it again in 1 Peter. Somebody sent it to me this week. And it's basically the, the same testimony that, that, that is, is, is being written. It's all over Scripture. The idea is all over Scripture. Let me just give you an example. In Ezekiel 47, it says this, there's a river that flows from the throne of God, and everything it touches has life, is alive. It is, it, it, it is, it is green. It is, it is flourishing, that which the river that runs from the throne of God touches. Jesus said it this way, from you will flow rivers the temple of the Holy Spirit. From you will flow rivers of living water. That water that brings life everywhere. So, so what James is doing is he's not writing some harsh book. What he's saying to you and me is, if you really believe, if you really have faith in Jesus, then he is giving you the capability to overcome sin in your life and to actually produce the fruit of the kingdom. And there should be an expectation of you to do that. And so he starts it off in chapter 1, and he never really leaves it. He says, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, because the testing of your faith produces endurance. And when endurance has uh, done its work, It'll make you complete, perfect, lacking nothing. You'll be, you'll be like him. There'll be a transformation process. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, I pray that you grow in the grace, the power of God working in your life, that you allow the power of God to work in your life, the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you would grow in that grace. There's this growth process. James is dealing with that growth process, and he's calling it a testing of your faith. In other words, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to, to become more like Jesus. And it's going to come as tests, and oftentimes the, the test, and most of the time the test is whether you believe kingdom principles are actually a better idea than your principles. I mean, the testing is really going to come, is kingdom principles better than the cultural principles that are going on in the day? The test is really going to be, are you willing to endure 
the trial that you're facing, the stuff that's coming at you. And remember it says when you fall into or stumble into or when they take you, when they blindside you. You know, when you come into those things, are you ready to endure those things so that you pass the test? The test of what? Of whether you have faith in the ways of God. Whether you have faith in the character of God. We just say, you are good, good. Oh, do you really believe that he's good, good? Oh, are you going to endure until you see his goodness? Oh, oh, will you not sacrifice or will you not uh, change your ideology about kingdom long enough to allow kingdom to be good? That's the test. That's the test. And James is going through these things, and he, and he just begins to point stuff out, and he, he hits some hard topics. Last week, he hit, if you show partiality, you have evil thoughts. And we mentioned preachers and, and people who are famous, rock stars and hip-hop, whatever that stuff's called. Sorry, I'm 60. Yeah, what's it called, Brock? Help me. Okay, I'm all over it. Hallelujah. He's rolling his eyes as he says I'm all over it. But whatever ideology is out there or whatever fame is out there or whatever influence is out there, it says, it says don't, don't show partiality. If somebody's got money or, or there's an economic status about somebody, you don't show them more favor than you show anybody else. If, he's, if you do do that as a believer, what he's saying about you and me is that's evil thoughts. In other words, when you say evil thoughts, that's hellish. Let me put it in a little more bold terms. It's hellish. What he says in chapter 3 here is demonic. He's even, he's, even about to, he's even about to approach the subject that there's demonic wisdom. He said if you align what he's going to do right here in just a moment as we begin to study chapter 3, he's about to say you have a decision to make as you test your faith of whether you're going to line up with demonic forces or heavenly forces. And how you know that is, is what comes out your mouth. This is what he's about to broach. He's about to say, I'm about to give you the key to everything spiritual. I'm about to show you how to mature in your faith. I'm about to show you how you can conquer every sin in your life. It's one thing. Get a hold of that instrument. Get control of what comes out of your mouth. Because it is either demonic, sensual, selfish, or heavenly. It's either demonic. Selfish, which is a fruit of the demonic, or it's heavenly. You're either going to align yourself with heaven or hell. Right here, 
And I want you to see all that as we begin to examine James chapter 3. Now, so what he's saying now, get this. What he's saying is, here's the test. Whether you get your mouth under control. Now, remember what the Scripture says about your mouth, in my mouth. Now, I'm, I just want you all to know. Let me just let's set this record straight really clear, really quick. This thing has been just whipping my butt all week. So I'm not just preaching to you. Okay, this is, this is tough. This is tough. Because he, what he's saying is this test is what's really in your heart because Scripture tells us that out of the mouth flows the condition of your heart. You know, I was, I was, I just, I've just, since I've been studying, I've been paying attention. You know, you get in a real awkward conversation uh, time with somebody where maybe you, you don't know them real well, or maybe they're just not your personality type, and you get in a, you get in a room with them, or maybe you're at work with them, and you know, there's just this awkward silence. You ever experienced that? It's just like really silent. Nobody said anything, and you don't even know how to strike up conversation because you really don't have anything in common. I mean, you know, you don't want to talk about the weather. They're probably not interested in golf. And so there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, those are the two things that are good, you know. So you don't have anything to talk about. And so you may tell you how you strike up a conversation. Just say something negative. Just complain about something. You complain about one thing. Boom! I mean, it's like this fire. And this person just goes, yeah! And and you know that, and this, and this, and this, and they just have a list of complaints about what's going on in the culture and in society. I mean, you, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire, just one complaint. And that is so oftentimes where our heart is. Out of the mouth springs what's in the heart. James is saying it's a test. What's the test? What comes out your mouth is the test. It's actually the grade. <laughs> it's actually your test grade. You ready? Anybody want to leave now before we go over this? No? Okay. Now, yeah, I would if I was you, but don't. Please, thank you. It would help me out. It would give me an insecurity complex if you, if you do. You ready? <laughs> it starts beautifully. Brethren, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers. <clears throat> in the Internet age, in the Facebook age, where everybody thinks they can become a teacher of the Word of God, they need to be making sure that they understand. Let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a judgment, a stricter judgment, a stricter verdict. In other words, you're going to, there, you don't get into heaven because of any works that you do, but your works are judged. And it says about those who are teaching on Facebook that you are now stepping into a stricter judgment. 
You're just stepping right into it. So be careful. This scripture right here scares me to death sometimes. I just go, dang, why'd I do this? You, know, you call me, Lord, why'd I do it? This is why it's so important that we take scripture in context because look at what he says. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. That word perfect is mature. The same word that's used in chapter 1 when he says you'll become complete, perfect, mature, lacking nothing. Same Greek word. You're gonna, you, this, this, this bridling, this, this tongue thing, and what he's saying about teachers is we all stumble. So there is no teacher that gets it all right. There is no teacher on this planet, in this communication age, that gets it all right. We all get it wrong sometimes. That's why it's so important to be like the Bereans where we test what the preacher says to make sure it aligns with the Word of God and that we don't just come to a place where we say, I really trust this preacher so I know that whatever he says is accurate. James is saying right here, we all get it wrong. See, I got agreement. We all get it wrong. But if we can get what comes out of our mouth right, it'll bring everything else in alignment. Now look at how important it is as we as believers understanding what comes out of your mouth matters more than you would ever know. It matters it it is it, it matters more than you would ever suspect. We we take it so lightly. But he says here, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in what comes out of his mouth in word, he is a perfect man, mature, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Looks also at ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. That, that rudder in that boat or that sailboat or whatever it might be turns that boat in the right direction. When you turn the steering wheel, the motor turns and that rudder directs the bone. Then he compares the tongue. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, exclamation point. And the tongue is a fire. Say that with me. And the tongue is a fire. In other words, it has great power. It has great power. It's a fire. A world of iniquity, unrighteousness. The tongue is a fire full of unrighteousness. Full. Whose tongue? Your tongue. My tongue. 
it's a fire. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of, of, and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now let's just let's, let's break this down before I, before, I, I, before I get going any further. So what he's saying here, a tongue, he, he, here's the ideology. The tongue is this. It's like a, it's like a rudder. It's like a bit. It, it turns the vessel. And so we can say about the tongue that what we say sets our course. What we say, what comes out of our mouths sets our course. It dictates your life. So if you wonder why you are where you are, you can pretty much dictate or understand that, that you have dictated that by what comes out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is actually in your heart. You know, when we've got people that are against the prosperity gospel, which I'm against some, some of the ways it's taught, but there's no denying in Scripture that God is for you. He is not against you. He has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, right? God, God wants, he, he wants you to be victorious. He, he, he loves you so much and he set that up so, so well that he sent his only son so you could be prosperous. You and I could be, we could, we could be victorious. Well, why aren't you? I would suggest that we're about to discover it's because you're speaking way more hellish information over your life than you have kingdom in your day. At some point, at some point, you just begin to align yourself with demonic forces versus kingdom heavenly forces. You, you begin to spew the thoughts of hell towards you as demonic forces whispered in your ear, you begin to talk them out of your mouth and you begin to set it in motion. You begin to dictate the course of your life based on what was in your heart. No matter how it got there, it might have got there honestly. You might have been raised in a, in a family environment that constantly spoke hell. And so what you find is this, this pattern of behavior that's in your life that you're just, you're, just, you're just saying the same thing you heard when you were a kid. But what James is saying here, that's going to set the course. That's going to dictate what happens in your life. And so you say, Lord, why did you let me go here? And he'll say, I didn't let you go here. You dictated it. You set the course by what you've been saying about yourself and about your life. They say, whoa, said it I. I said, whoa, too. But you've got to understand, too, that what James is saying here, this is the test. And it's the grade of the test. Are you always bad-mouthing yourself? You know, are you always speaking negative thoughts? Are you always being, um, are you always being critical? Do you have a critical spirit? Or, or, 
are, are, are you enthusiastic? Entheos. Are you enthusiastic in your, in your approach to life? Uh, what, what is it about you that, that dictates or sets the course of your life? What do you see? We well, say, well, I don't see very good stuff. I mean, I can see why, how this is true. And so I'm, I'm 55 years old, or I'm 60 years old, or I'm 30 years old, or I'm 45 years old. What do I do about it? Grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. Because you cannot just discipline yourself into different behavior. You need the grace of God. Would you agree with me? You need, you need the grace of God to begin to permeate everything you do. It says when the grace of God and the Spirit of God touches it, life comes to it. Well, how do you do that? Quit agreeing with hell. Start agreeing with kingdom. What does God say about you? What does God say about his promises in the word? You say those. And when hellish forces whisper in your ear, you say, you're a liar and the father of lies. And there's no other language that can come from your mouth except lies. So I know that. And I will not align with it. I will not agree with hell. Because it matters what I say. Because it sets my course. It dictates my life. It brings me to a place of either victory, prosperity, or defeat and hopelessness. It's a fire that sets the course. Matthew chapter 12. We got your Bibles turned over real quick. Matthew 12. This is Jesus. Of course, he's always rebuking the Pharisees, so he's talking to the preachers, right? But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. Everything we say, once we're a believer, we can't become a believer by anything we do. You need to hear me say that. There's nothing you can do. To, Jesus did it. But when you come into that grace, you, you, what you do is you, you, you access a power that can do more than you can do on your own. And you, you grow in that grace. You grow in accessing that power and that ability to be transformed into the image of Christ. Jesus is saying everything that comes out of your mouth is going to be judged as works. Your works will be judged. My works will be judged. And Jesus is saying here that everything we say is going to be judged. And if you've been a teacher, it's more a little more tough on you, that judgment. So not many of you should want to do that. Let's continue to read. I'm in verse 9. Y'all give the pastor an applause. He knows where he's at. Thank you so very much. <laughs> he says, I'm going to go to eight. I'm going to go back. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. 
With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men. Somebody say hallelujah. You can see that, and you can fall into that trap so desperately right now. I mean, it is a place right now that you need to guard your heart. Out of the same mouth, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and curses. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? The answer is no. Can a fig tree... My brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs. Thus, no spring yield both salt water and fresh water. It shouldn't happen. In other words, if you are a believer, this should never occur. The only time it can occur is when we align with hellish forces. It's the only time that it can occur. It's the only time. Look at... What he continues to say, even in the even in the title here where it breaks it up, the, the break says heavenly versus demonic wisdom. Wait a minute. Heavenly versus demonic what? Wisdom. Revelation. Policy. Ways of thinking. Remember when we talked back, we went back and said, said, you believe that there's one God. You remember James, James chapter 2? You believe there's one God. Even the demons believe and tremble. What's the difference? They align with demonic wisdom, not heavenly wisdom. They don't have the ability to do so. You do. There should be no, there should be no I'm, I'm blessing something. I'm cursing something. There should be none of that in our lives. I, I really want you to get this. This is the test of your faith. This is the test of your faith. What? Whether you always align with kingdom or not. You have an option. I have an option. We can't. By God's grace, align with kingdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Question mark. Let him show that he's in agreement with kingdom by good conduct, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. If you claim to be a believer and you align yourself with demonic thinking and you try to convince others that that's okay, that's what he's talking about. It's okay that I think this way. No, it's not. It's not. If you're motivated by envy and self-seeking, if you've got that in your hearts, because you're not aligning with kingdom. Why? Because I want what I want when I want it. Because I really like believing this. I really like thinking this way. 
And so I'm going, because of what I want and because of what I like, I'm, I'm just not going to change. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> oh, somebody say hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. This wisdom. Golly. You ready? Everybody say this wisdom. That comes from bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, let's say that together, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Sensual means natural or physical. So descend from above, but is earthly, natural, or physical, sensual, demonic. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. I love the way James does it. Now listen, here's your test. Are you going to align with heaven? Are you going to align with your own way, what you've always learned? What the culture is saying, what's sensual, what's demonic way of thinking, what's contrary to what the Word of God says. Are you aligning with that? Are you aligning with heaven? How do you know? Well, it's the test. What's the test? What comes out your mouth? Is what comes out your mouth, is that heavenly? Then you pass the test. If you're aligning with the other... You could say, failure. Fail the test. How do you know the difference? One is based on envy and self-seeking, and the other is based on this. Whatever comes from the wisdom from above that aligns with kingdom is pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, there it is again, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. How do you know? These are the characteristics of your nature. These are the characteristics of what comes out of our mouths. This is, this is it. What's he say about the tongue, and what's he saying about this test? This is, what, this is what you need me to hear. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what sin you struggle with because we were, we were told just in a few minutes ago, James says, we all stumble. We all struggle, right? I mean, we, we all sin. I don't know what your sin is. Mine's probably not the same. My, the place where I missed the mark is probably not the same as yours. It might be, but it's probably not. Or it certainly looks different in some kind of way, right? But this we know. We all miss the mark. We are being perfected. We are being, being completed. This, this faith test and this enduring in this faith test brings us to maturity. We are being transformed 
into the image of Christ. Is anybody there yet? No. Are some closer than others? Absolutely. Are some where they ought to be based on the length of time they've known the Lord? Absolutely. Are some not? Absolutely. What's the difference in the two? This one thing. This one thing. I love this. I love it. I don't care what your struggle is. I don't care where you're missing them on. If you can get a hold of this, if you can get a hold of that tongue, and you can stop agreeing with your bad self, right? And you can, you can, you can stop agreeing with demonic wisdom. I love that he calls it wisdom. If you'll stop agreeing with demonic wisdom, if you'll stop, if you'll quit agreeing with selfish ambition and start, a, and start speaking kingdom, you're going to be able to overcome your sin. Because if you can get a hold of this and start speaking life, everywhere it touches, it brings life. And he says here, this is the key. If you can get a hold of this, you can get a hold of it all. It matters what you say. It matters what I say. Because what we say is actually a fruit of where our heart is. And either we agree with God or we have declared ourselves to be God in the way we think, or we've aligned ourselves with the demonic. It's either God's way or the highway. It's either your way of thinking, God, or it's not. And I'm not going to let, I'm going to pay attention to what I say because I believe and I'm standing in faith and I know it's a test that what I say actually sets the course for my life. And I'm going to set the course toward heaven. I want kingdom. I want victory. I want prosperity. And what I say matters. So oftentimes we blame, blame stuff on God that we've actually set the course for. God, why'd you do this to me? I didn't do that. You set the course. You set it. Not me. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's such wisdom in James. It's not condemning because we know that there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It's revelation. It's revelation. It's truth. Count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. Because the testing of your faith 
produces endurance. And when endurance has, has done its perfect work, you'll be complete, lacking nothing. How do you do that? Get control of the small instrument that sets the course of your life. And begin to align your speaking with the Word of God. And it will dictate where you end up. Help us pass the test, God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Why don't we stand together? Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.